Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast, Don and Suzanne with Macy with us today as we talk about the parent to God relationship. We brought in Macy because she's going to ask us questions. She's going to quiz us. We're going to have a test <laughs> well, Macy's about on the, the parent to God relationship. <laughs> well, Macy's on the front line, and so she gets all the questions from parents, and so many parents ask or write in and ask. Yeah. You know, how do you, how do you, what is that parent to God relationship? How do you hear from God? How did your parents hear from God? How, how do they parent hearing from God? How do they parent not hearing from God? And so Macy's like, mom, dad, I've got some questions I want to ask you (laughs) because there's these people out there that want to know the answers. And so, well, and let's face it, parenting's not a game of rules because if you make it a game of rules, you tend to like your kids distance, you don't make good decisions. It really is about, you know, we're all different. We face different situations. God's voice needs to be different. And so we're going to talk about a lot of that stuff, how you make, how you hear God's voice, how you make parenting decisions. And um, so, yeah, take it away, Macy. Yeah, I think two things that I just want to share as we get started is two of our crazy cool concepts. The first one is our strength in parenting will come from the strength of our relationship with the Father. And that's kind of where this podcast series theme has stemmed from, is we're just trying to help parents understand that your parenting is directly affected by your relationship with God. And so what does that mean? How do you pursue God? And the second thing that we're going to unpack is the truth that we can hear God's voice clearly and we can know that it's God. And I think that's what a lot of parents will ask about. Their questions come in a lot of different forms, but the heart of the question is, how do I navigate this? Mm -hmm. Who do I navigate this with? What do I do in this XYZ parenting situation? Help me. And ultimately, which is what we're kind of going to unpack, is how do you include God in parenting situations and parenting decisions. So the first question for each of you to answer individually is how do you hear God? How do you experience his voice? Wow, you started with an easy one, didn't you? (laughs) A quick one. (laughs) Wow. Go ahead, Suzanne, you start. Um, So for me, I I think hearing God is probably the most valuable asset to parenting, mm-hmm. I guess. I don't even know tool to parenting. Yeah. Um, and so how I hear God is, um, I'd like to say it's an audible voice, but I would, it's probably my own voice. <laughs> you know, it's my own thought processes. Um, but I know that they're not Suzanne driven thought processes because they're way beyond my wisdom mm-hmm. and they're way beyond my insight, way beyond my experience. It's a, it's an idea or a concept that, um, me and what I know couldn't possibly come up with it. So it's way bigger than yeah, me. Supernatural. It's most definitely supernatural. And it's usually, I mean, it's definitely cloaked in truth, but it's usually tied to scripture. There's usually a, yeah. a, a verse that um, is in the middle of it. And I am terrible at memorizing verses, <laughs> absolutely terrible. And I couldn't tell you where it was in the Bible to save my life, but it's all there and God uses it and he pulls it out anytime uh, there's a situation that comes up, then he'll 
throw it out there. So that's for yeah. me. For me, it's a it's a it's definitely it's a it's a voice that I hear. Yeah, that sounds like me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so good. What about you, Dad? How do you hear God's voice sounds like Suzanne? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, see, I tell Don in the middle of the night all night, you're gonna you're gonna buy your wife a new car. (laughs) Often it is audible. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. Hey, guys, just remember that it's whatever your wife says. That is God's voice. Let's move on. Okay. Next question. Next question. (laughs) Exactly. Um, Although I will say that um, you know that um, while we, I can't always say that Suzanne's voice is God's voice. I will say that I rarely would go against her voice, and and um, it, that I can't. I have before and said, "Hey, we really, need, I really think this is the Lord. We need to do this." But if you're pursuing unity in your marriage, and uh, you're pursuing a relationship, and you feel like that both of you are hearing from God, I would say a m- many often it becomes unity, and it's rare yeah. that it's not unity. So one of the things is that uh, what does your spouse say? I mean, is save me from wrong decisions, help me make better decisions. You know, I'll give you an example, you know, like uh, in parenting daughters, um, you know, sometimes I will say, uh, you know, I would say to Suzanne, hey, what where do you think God is in this parenting situation with my daughter? To really kind of seeking counsel and things. So yeah. I do think that the marriage is involved in it. Um, I, I think what I would say also is there's just a, uh, a sense of peace that goes with it. Um, mm. That usually there's a settledness, you know. If I'm if I'm troubled by it, a troubled by a decision, it's like, okay, I'm not going to make that because I'm not settled about it. And uh, I think God gives us a peace with decisions. I, I think also that it's usually the opposite of what I feel. And um, mm. so if I if I am uh, frustrated or if I am unforgiving, yeah. you know, usually the, the will of God's going to be to go, you know, let's say, for example, that I'm mad at my kids or I'm frustrated with them, you know, and maybe I say something that, oh, you know, it really wasn't my fault. They shouldn't have done this and all that. <laughs> you know, usually the answer is going to be uh, God's voice in the situation is I go ask forgiveness yeah. Yeah. because Reconcile. I, because it's not, but it's going to be my, it's going to be the opposite of what my initial feeling is. Yeah. So I think those are some things that obviously what Suzanne's talking about, it, it does line up with scripture. I, I think that I just feel like there's the Bible's a, a, it's definitely not a rule book, but there are themes in the Bible that you see God referring back to over and over again. And you yeah. see the way Jesus acted, the way David acted or the way certain or the way Paul acted in certain situations. And you go, Oh, that gives me the theme of how I interact and hear God's voice in um, family situations, as well as just it's not just it's it's business situations and um, also um, just interactions in, you know, it could be interacting with a coach that's coaching your kids or whatever. And how do you get God's will out of those situations? Usually it's the opposite of what I feel. Yeah, it's really good. This probably could be a whole podcast, but I'm just curious like, do you guys feel like your relationship with God and how you hear from God has evolved or changed over the years? Or do you feel like it's kind of been the same ever since you first started following and pursuing God? Oh, it's definitely de- uh, changed yeah. in my view. I mean, for me, um, because I just, it's, um, I just know God better. Mm-hmm. And I know how he wants me to uh, respond to situations. I know more about Jesus. I know more about just everything related to God. And so um, 
Uh, I've, I've also walked with more people that have followed God now. Yeah. And so therefore I've seen how they act yeah, and, like and learned and, from them. Yeah. From, from, yeah, yeah. I watched uh, people and, and had mentors and, and things like that. And so absolutely. Um, I feel like it's evolved over time. Yeah. What about you, mom? Yeah. For me, I just, um, I just went back to the beginning when I first started having a relationship with God and, um, and it was for sure when I was a little girl and then salvation came when I was about in middle school. But I remember um, being pursued um, by the sweetness of God and by the love, you know, by the love of Jesus and, and having that relationship. And so when I think about um you know, talking to, to, to God and, and to hearing him and him talking to me and us interacting with each other. Um, I, I think of the sweetness. I just think of the, the love and the grace and the mercy and all of that. And so I think of all of that. And to me, I don't know if that has changed other than it's just gotten bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. And I think that because it's got, I mean, how it's gotten bigger and bigger is because my, my understanding yeah. has gotten bigger. Oh, my, yes. um, my, um, experience with unconditional love has gotten bigger. So I understand it bigger. So I think yeah. that it was there in the very beginning with me. He had it all for me, but it just feels like it's a never ending package that I'm constantly opening yeah. layer after layer after layer because, um, of the work that he's doing in me. Because of me growing, not so yeah. much he hasn't changed. He's True. he is everlasting. Yeah. But I have changed and I and I evolved and he has shown me obviously different aspects of him um as he's allowed me or shown me where I need to grow and where I need to um love more or yeah. be like him. Be like him yeah. more. So good. Yeah, and I think just the bottom line is going back to our key concept is like parents, the, the truth is, the reality is, is you can hear God's voice. And there's even, I think, a lot of believers that struggle with that truth and that reality. I had a girl at our church the other day say something so funny. She was like, I've been reading through the Gospels, and I've been realizing, like, I got through the Gospels, and then I got into Acts, and then I realized that God's just talking directly to people right and left like you just see them say god said this god said this god said that because god does speak to us he gave us the holy spirit and he speaks to us and that's just an encouragement for parents out there everybody's on a journey to discovering more and understanding more about god but as a parent as a child of god it is like really important that you believe and that you discover how to hear god's voice and know that it's him and so we're just going to talk about why that's important and so Mom and Dad, why is hearing God's voice important for raising kids who love Jesus? Why is it, you even say in uh, one of our other statements, is it's essential mm-hmm. to raising a crazy cool family. Why is hearing God essential to raising a crazy cool family? So for me, I just feel like that God gave us the, um, you know, he gave us, he's the creator. He gave us his son, you know, Jesus through the, the doorway of salvation. He's our brother, but he gave us the Holy Spirit, which is the counselor. Mm-hmm. And so to me, that's who I lean on very heavily when it comes to anything when parenting with our kids, because the Holy Spirit knows you know, if, if, if our kids are, um, want to go to a party or they want to go to a concert, some, whatever that event is, I could say no out of fear. Mm-hmm. I could say no out of principle, out of morals, out of values, out of all of that stuff. But the Holy Spirit's going to say no out of knowing, yeah. knowing what is there, what I need, what they need to be protected from, yeah. what they don't need to be experienced. Or the Holy Spirit's going to say yes, because he's got something there yeah. for them that's going to draw them closer to the 
Lord. And so I could say no in my fear and not allow that child to go experience what God had for them. And so to me, it was, it's so essential. And that goes to teachers. I mean, there were times that my kids would get a teacher and I was like, God, what are you doing? I mean, this is, this is not going to be a good situation (laughs) at all. I mean, there's going to be a, a personality conflict between my child and the authority figure that you've put in their life. And God said, I've got great things for them this year and would list out, I'm going to use it. They're going to learn authority. They're going to learn loyalty. They're going to learn honor and value and list it all out. And by the end of the year, if it wasn't that, that wasn't, that wasn't that student's, my child's favorite teacher. Yeah. I mean, because God showed them how amazing. So anyway, to me, I just feel like that the the Holy Spirit is the counselor, is us as parents' most valuable tool that we can use to consult. Yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, I I coached a lot of basketball teams when the kids were younger, when you guys were, kids were younger. And I just, you know, it'd be like, Okay, and I knew what I was doing because I had coached basketball and I could discern situations and I could see what was happening in a game and I could, uh, you know, say, hey, you know, this defender needs to move this way or, you know, this. I just think about what if I didn't show up for the game and what would the players do if they don't hear the coach's voice and have the coach give them direction who knows far more than they do what are these little fourth graders which is is really you can see the whole game compared to a compared to god i might be a fourth grader you know i mean (laughs) but i'm i'm I'm, I'm probably more like a a, a three-year-old yeah (laughs) oh little don well that's yeah it's really the way i feel sometimes with god And, and to think about walking through life and having a bunch of fourth graders or walking into that basketball game, let's say, to, to bring the analogy home and say, oh, we're going to play the game today, but we don't have our coach. Yeah, our leader. To, yeah, yeah, we don't have anybody to really tell us what to do and, and look at the game situations and give us counsel. Yeah. I mean, how foolish would that be? You yeah. know, okay, guys, we've we've done all the practices, but I, you know what, I just don't feel like I want to show up for games. <laughs> you know, I just want you guys to handle it all yourself in the games. Yeah. We are in the, we're in the game. And so we got it. We need to be able to hear our coaches voice to be able to and and this team is going to present this defensive structure and offensive plays this team's going to do it the the next team's going to do it the next way you never know and so you've got to have the coach there yeah it's so good and it just makes me think like you're not alone like a mom and a dad Mm -hmm. don't get married and start having kids and they just have to figure it out like god like sent his son so that we would never be alone. He gave us his Holy Spirit so we would never be alone. There's like no part of our lives that God wants to do apart from us. Why would we think it's any different in parenting? He wants to be like right in the center. It makes me think of marriage. Like when we make a covenant commitment to our spouse, we're including our spouse, us, and God. There's like three people involved in this covenant. It's like the same concept with parenting the Holy Spirit wants to be right in the middle of it to help you through those decisions. Well, and along with that, I just think that, um, you know, in the very beginning when we started having kids and I started, you know, controlling and overprotecting and all that stuff, and just the Lord said, wait a minute, <laughs> you've got this all wrong. You're raising them for me. Yeah. Like I, I, I'm loaning them to you. Like this yeah. is, 
this is a privilege and an honor that you get to do that. So don't get in in over your head. <laughs> don't don't take it like you're you're all that. You yeah. know, I'm I've got a plan and a purpose for them. I've got a vision for them. I've got yeah. a dream bigger than you will ever be able to dream as a parent. And so don't stifle that. Yeah. You know, listen to me. Yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's you're right. You're the right. assistant right. assistant coach <laughs> in this <laughs> analogy, yeah. honey. Or maybe I'm just the water boy. Honestly, yeah, that's you're good. on the team. I love it. Well, I think something that a lot of parents seek out help with is just the practical process of making a decision. And so whether parents are just trying to decide what school their kids should go to or what activities they should be doing or what friends they should have, how much they should be involved in church, like with every season of parenting, there's all these life decisions. You're not trying to control, but you're trying to set your kids up for success. And so maybe just run us through a really practical example of how have you made decisions together and included God in the process? What does that look like over the years for you guys? I think, first of all, um, you know, we talk about unity in marriage, but also just having um, wise counsel, you know, having, uh, I, I feel like I've always had friends, godly friends, godly relationships besides my wife, uh, men, of course, <laughs> that, um, that, we, um, that I counseled with and just said, hey, what are your thoughts on this and how should I approach this and things like that. So I think that the, the godly counsel is also good and, and the unity in the marriage. And, um, and then just, you know, I remember, um, I remember going through a, a course many years ago called Experiencing God. And it was got by a guy named Henry Blackaby. It was a 12-week course we did. But one of the things that I remember him talking about is, is that when we approach prayer, he said, and he was a great prayer, uh, this guy that was, um, he was uh, talking about, I can't remember his name right now, but he was, oh, George, um, gosh, I'll have to remember. But anyway, <laughs> uh, it's, uh, but anyway, George was in the 1800s. He was a great prayer. He was, um, uh, brought a lot of things into prayer. And he said, and nine-tenths of all prayer Nine tenths of the effectiveness of all prayer is getting rid of your own agenda. Yeah. And so I think so often when we go into these situations that we don't know what we're doing, okay, what school is it going to be? What activity is? It's like, okay, of course it's God's will for them to play basketball because I like basketball, you know? <laughs> it's got to be basketball, it, it, God. Yeah, it's got to be. But I mean, so I got to get rid of my agenda and really listen to the situation yeah. and listen to God because that's when we'll really hear his voice. Yeah, that's good. So I heard you say surround yourself with wise people mm-hmm. to maybe talk through things with or ask them to partner with you, but then also prayer, submitting things to God kind of laying down what you think should happen and listen for what God has to say about a situation. Yeah. What other practical ways can parents? So one of the things that we did even practically, and I was looking to see where it was introduced to us, and it was Tim and Ann Evans with Lip Real Life Ministry, and they had the red light, green light. And so mm-hmm. like for Dad and I, we both had to have a green light, or we both had to agree and the, the thing that comes to mind is when we would send our kids on mission trips. Yeah. And so we had to have a we had to have both of us like, yeah, it's a good idea to send them and it's a good idea to fundraise or we'll pay for it or, or whatever it is that needs to happen. And so I think that there's a lot of things like that, like changing neighborhoods or yeah. or buying cars or there's there's just all sorts of different things that would come up for us when it came to parenting, interacting, family decisions, vacations, I mean, whatever it was. And 
how it would usually go is that it would be presented and I would be the no because I'm not adventurous at all and Don (laughs) would be the yes you know and so then we would pray about it and God would be like Suzanne you know (laughs) and so then I'd come back to so I just a super practical is to go to God separately and then come together with your answer and if your answer is not unified then go back to God and and do do not move forward until it's unified and a lot of times um, you got to ask the why. Why? Are, what's the why behind the decision? And why are you wanting to do it or not do it? And so, for example, uh, let's say that um, a child wants to play in the band. But when we play in the band, it's going to we're going to have to take that child to band practice, and we're going to have to go pick them up, or you know, mm-hmm. and and we don't really have anybody to do that, and we've got three other kids, we got to do that, and we think. So usually when things are convenience related, um, you know, we got to look at the why behind that to see if we're yeah. making that decision based on us. But but on the flip side, you could say, you know, like one of the things we did is because we had seven children all playing sports and doing activities, we only let them play one sport. Yeah. And so that was per a season uh, that, per season. Yeah. And so that was a decision we made for the health of our family. So yeah. both in both instances, you're you're trying to minimize inconvenience and but it's two different motives of of why things happen and so so often i think looking at the why and and trying to put the why before god lets you make those decisions better and and i love that too because with what comes out of the why is what's valuable yeah and so for us what was valuable is family time and for us to do things together and uh, not to be a chaotic mess and going in 27 different directions together yes and exactly and so i think that that's part of that as well yeah I think that's so good I think the kind of last space that we get questions a lot is like what do I do if maybe I'm pursuing God and trying to make decisions this way but my spouse isn't or even in the realm of it's it's really hard to hear God for me or my spouse what do you do or how do you pursue God-centered decisions for your family when there isn't unity in your marriage how would you encourage a parent or help a parent navigate or what's even just a first step that they could maybe take as they're trying to you know trust God for their spouse's relationship with God or just trust God with their family when they know that their maybe marriage or relationships aren't the most unified they're they're in the trenches in a sense Mm -hmm. but they still want to try and include God what would you say to them or how would you encourage them? You just tell your spouse that you're more godly than they are and you just say... No. I'll edit this out. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that, please. It will not work. Don said. No, don't. Um, no, I think that, um, you know, uh, Romans 13 says that uh, all authorities are established by God. There is no authority mm-hmm. except that which God has established. And I think we... Uh, and God works through the authorities to make the good happen mm-hmm. in our lives. And it talks about that from a government standpoint, even from a marriage standpoint, you know, that um, even a spouse not following God, most of the time in a lot of families we see, they want the best for their kids. True. And so yeah. if you can approach your spouse, even though they may not have interest in God, they do have an interest in the child. And so when you start talking about, hey, let's talk about, you know, maybe even take God out of it because mm-hmm. they're not interested in that. And you say, and again, Suzanne and I haven't had these issues because we've both followed God our whole marriage. Yeah. And we've had 
you know, we've had ups and downs with our faith, but we've never like, you know, been very, really resistant to the things of God. So, but I've seen it happen in other people where you say, hey, what do you think's in the best interest of the the child? And you start to to take the conversation that way because, you know, it's hard to defend things that are, well, I'm just, you know, you know, and, and and we can, but I think that most of the time it becomes, uh, it, it really does kind of expose the, the, the spouse to say, um, and makes conversations much more fruitful. Yeah, that's good. Anything else to add? Yeah, and so what I would add to that is um, at Crazy Cool Family, we are all about relationship. And that's really what we're talking about here. We're talking about the relationship with God. You're talking about the relationship with your spouse. You're talking about the relationship with your child. And so if that's what we're... If that's what we focus on, then if your spouse is not on the same page with you when it comes to relationship with God, um, or even the same relationship with your child, then that's what you talk about. What kind of relationship do you want to have with our child? Yeah. What? How do you want to pursue our child? What do you What do you want your relationship to look like with our child ten years from now? And so, focus on the relationship, and then from there, should our child do this? Should yeah. we do this? Should we be? How is that going to build our relationship? How is that going to unite us? Yeah. And so, and then, I mean, my my heart breaks for you if your spouse is not on the same, if you're unequally yoked, if you will, because that does make it very, very difficult but it's not impossible because you do have that relationship with God and he does hear your prayers and so I just encourage you to pray Um, kindness leads to repentance kindness is the mercy of God and so be kind to your spouse be loving to your spouse be honoring to your spouse and that's going to draw them to the Lord or to your child that's going to draw your child to the Lord so it's, yeah. it's so focus on relationship. It reminds me of the books, the case for the creator case for Christ, all of those by Lee yes. Strobel and yes. his story and his testimony. That's literally what happened with him and his wife is his wife started following God, started going to church, started spending time with God in the mornings and their marriage was broken. And he was like, I can't really describe it in any other way than she acted like Jesus towards me. She yeah. loved mm-hmm. me when I was so stuck in my unbelief. And he was literally trying to disprove the cross and the resurrection. Yeah. And he went through all this research and basically to prove her wrong. And in the process, she was being kind and being loving and just like meeting him where he was at. Yeah. And I think... I'm not a parent yet, but I think that story and just what both of you guys said, it's like, that's all you can do. Like all the other options are just feeding division and that's exactly Mm -hmm. what the enemy Mm -hmm. wants. And so it's like, even if your spouse is not pursuing God to the standard or the level you want them to or whatever that looks like, like dad said, they're in your life for a reason. God has put you together for a reason. And so pursue love and well, pursue and I mean, I think we, unity the best you in can. In our Western culture, we have this um, consumer Christianity that my spouse has to give me what I want or my kids need to do, my kids need to meet the expectations or I am being deprived in some way. That's not the call of the cross. Yeah, The mm-hmm. call of the cross is Forgive them, Father. They don't know what yeah. they do. Over and over yeah. and over and, and, over and, and yeah. when Peter asks, it's how many times do we forgive? So if we really, you know, I can, uh, you know, I remember I grew up with a guy who, two brothers, mom and dad. Uh, dad was, he was a, he cared about his kids a lot, but he was concerned about business. He, um, 
had bad habits in his life and but you know he was also worked with him on the baseball field and he you know taught him how to work and and discipline and things but many but he was a poor example and the mom just loved her boys and and really what happened is the mom had huge influence in their lives because the dad usually a lot of times when the spouse is checked out or not following god they're usually not interested they usually have selfish desires and so they're usually maybe dancing around the home but you know just kind of coming in swooping in and going out and doing their thing or whatever and so most of the time that other spouse has a lot of influence and so you just kind of start navigating now and she was just she loved her spouse and and she honored him Hmm. and and um and then you know two things happened one her boys turned out believers Mm-hmm. And the dad came to know Christ at the end of his life, wow. you know. And so, uh, but one other thing you were talking about, we t- we focused there on the spouse not following Jesus. But what I also wanted to come back to was the question of what if that person can't hear God's voice? Mm-hmm. What if that person is not uh, comfortable hearing God's voice? And and you know, I think that's a really good question that a lot of parents ask is. Um, how do I hear God's voice and do I have confidence and just, you know, what I tell parents a lot is, is it's like a muscle that you're developing. So yeah. just try yeah. it, yeah. just try it. And, and, you know, first of all, just do something that goes with scripture, yeah. you know, and then, uh, or seek, have people that you're, you know, I, I was talking to a group of, of men this morning and I said, um, Hey guys, take charge of your own discipleship. Yeah. Don't wait for somebody to come pursue you. Go pursue people because you learn how to hear God's voice by interacting yeah. with them, by interacting with Scripture, and then just try it. You know, I, I believe this is God. Well, you might make a mistake. That's okay. God's good. He's still going to love you. Your yeah. kids are still going to survive. Just step out in faith and do it, and then watch as that muscle develops, and you'll know more and more about how to do it. Wouldn't you say that? What else would you say to that, Suzanne? Yeah, I love that. I think that's so good, and I think that a lot of the times, not only is the muscle not developed, we haven't even tried. Yeah. We haven't even stopped and said, God, what should I I do here and then stopped and listened and yeah. waited for the answer waited for that still small voice that comes into your head or wait for that yeah. that sound because God is faithful and just and he's going to answer you yeah. he's he does have an answer for you it might not be the answer you think he's going to give you but he does have an answer but there's so many times that he doesn't that we don't even ask yeah. he's he's knocking at the door you know stands you know open the door let me in and we're like god god where you know are where you? are you <laughs> i'm right here. <laughs> One of the great things to do if you're a new believer is go read about David. Yeah. David was a, he was the he was the eighth child. He was he was just nothing but he he just always every he would just inquire of the Lord. Yeah. He was a man after his yeah, heart. Yeah. He would go and inquire of the Lord and it just says. Well and so he would often, tell God he would shoot him straight. You'd yeah. be like, where the heck are you? Yeah. And I'm, I'm mad at you. Why did you abandon me? Yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite Answer me. things about the Bible. I love that you mentioned David because there's so many Psalms where he literally rants for like mm-hmm. the first seven or eight verses. And then off to the right of the scripture, it just says Selah, which is translated in some Bibles. It says to pause in the presence of the Lord. And it literally means to just stop and wait. Okay, I I spilled it. I spilled my guts. I spilled my whole heart out to you. I told you exactly how I feel. And now I'm going to give God a chance to respond. And often when that Selah is put in Mm. the scriptures, what comes after that is like some of the most powerful revelation, truth, and identity that the Bible holds because David gave God the chance to like speak into his circumstance and his situation 
and it's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's like life changing when you choose to one be honest with God with where you're at, but then also let God respond and Listen. speak into yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And if that's hard for you to do like um, audibly, then write it down. Yeah. Write your question down and sit there until you have something to write on there and don't negate whatever thought that comes in go ahead and write them all down write them all down and yeah your thoughts are going to be in there and maybe the enemy's thoughts are going to be in there but god's thoughts are going to be in there too and he's going to highlight those and you're going to you're going to walk away going oh that yeah wow that's god (gasps) that worked and i know you know and do it again and again and again and like don said that muscle is going to get strong yeah and i know there's so many people who think God is like so big and strong and mighty and wise that like, why would we ask him a basic question? But I like literally start most of my times with God, with God, what do you think about me today? Mm-hmm. You know, or God, what what do you think is beautiful today? You know, just like the most basic questions, we will get basic answers, but like when you're talking about lifting mus- like lifting weights and muscles and all of that, I just got a picture of like, parents walking into gyms and like trying to pick up the biggest dumbbell Mm -hmm. and being like oh I can't do this well why would I even try and just like walking out feeling discouraged and I think that picture is just not God's heart for parents and hearing God it's like no walk in and pick up like the one pound weight and do (laughs) do the reps and I've got the rest yeah and like do feel so confident and excited for what you did and what you accomplished and the next time let's go to the five pound next time let's go to the eight pounds like Start picking up and doing those reps because you will build and you will strengthen that muscle of hearing God. Just keep going. Keep trying. Keep asking. I think that's so good. It's good. So for you, I just want to say one other thing because you jumped on something I think I'd like to end the podcast with and that um, hearing God's voice starts with identity. And what, I mean, what you said was is that sometimes you ask God and he just says he loves you. And he just says something to you that because when we are complete, you know, we are no longer orphans. We are children of the king. But when you are the child of a loving, graceful king, as Hebrews said, we approach his throne with confidence. Then what kind of God is that? That's the, what kind of father is that that you're listening to? What kind of voice are you listen to? It's going to be somebody who you can, you, you have confidence you can hear because because of his love for you. And so I'd just like to end with that, that really hearing God's voice, that relationship with God comes from knowing you're loved and knowing that identity. So if you're having trouble hearing God's voice, go back and receive his love. Mm -hmm. And when you understand who his love is, that creates, it's almost like it unlocks this ability to hear. And when you can, when you, when you feel loved, you will hear better. Well, go visit crazycoolfamily.com. We've got all kinds of resources. We've got a whole course on pursuing God, hearing God's voice, and how that directly impacts your family's culture. Um, And we love you guys a lot. So keep sending us these questions. They're so helpful. You can email us at podcast at crazycoolfamily.com or just go ask us a question in Basecamp. Uh, We love you guys and go be crazy, crazycoolfamily.com.